Hello and welcome to the DM's Travel Book Club, A Guide to the Planes. Each episode we explore one of the planes of existence as outlined in the great wheel cosmology in the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, my name is Fiona and with me as always is my co-host Hamilton. Hello Hamilton, how are you doing? Hello Fiona, how are you? I'm, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I, as oh, we, I didn't I, answer very, your question. Oh, we're very British. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's all you need to know about this show is that we're very British and we're too polite to actually tell each other how we're feeling. So. Yeah. So how are you? You go first. Oh, I, you know what? I'm feeling incredibly neutral about things. Just very, like, sort of in the centre, done. How about yourself? Surprising that, isn't it? Yes. So am I. I'm feeling very middling. Very middling. Well, that, that isn't that convenient because next stop on our huge sort of... Uh, you know, exploring ex- sort of journey around the cosmology. A gap year. A gap year, yes, is we're stopping off at the ultimate plane of law. Yeah, we are stopping off at Mechanus. This amazing sort of unfeeling order. That's what I've got down mm. here as a sort of thing. So, so Hamilton, what do you think? When I say the word Mechanus to you, what sort of images come up? Even though I know you've read the small book as well. But, yes. But what? What's the even, feeling? Instantly, it's gears, obviously, and instantly hence the gears. backgrounds that we've got here. It's lots of gears moving, and I think that's just that is a standard. Um, standard. And then modrons. <laughs> and modrons. Yes. If you've listened to a very recent DMs book club, yes, we've took we've sort of discussed modrons as sort of. Uh, beings that embody ultimate law who sort of live on this plane. So mm. we'll come to those those little guys. We mention guys them in quite a lot in DMs Book Club generally because we do love them. <sighs> we do love them. I, I love it. We'll, we'll try not to talk about them too much. We are going to yes. focus on the plane itself, but they are, mm. it's hard to talk about Mechanus without mentioning Modrons and Primus mm. as well, so the deity yeah. that runs this place. So, yes. Yeah. So, Fiona. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. You're leading this this the charge I for Mechanus am. today. So tell me tell me about the geography of Mechanus then. The geography of Mechanus. So I want Is you it to think... rolling hills like Arcadia? Oh. Is it tunnels like Pandemonium? No. <laughs> Nothing no. like that at all. <laughs> uh, it, as you sort of described it, it's sort of uh, if you can imagine just a huge this sort of the interior of a clock, these ideas of sort of spinning gears and cogs sort of going around in very slow sort of tick-tocking fashion essentially so it's sort of one of the defining features of mechanism is that it's predictable as the drip of a water clock it's the idea that things are still moving slowly and they are sort of shifting and changing into new variations i think a lot of people think that ultimate law means everything is stop still and everything is uh, motionless and just sort of like it is static whereas here in mechanist you have just such a huge collection of sort of gears got uh, cogs pulleys just linking everything together there's always like constant movement it's full of life and as a result because everything's still moving forward it's just sort of moving things forward getting to a point i mean there are some theories that talk about these cogs being sort of the things that move the full multiverse and so should one of them break should a cog be taken away the whole multiverse will just be stopped and just that will just be the end of everything (laughs) Not Which good. is not great. Not great. I, you know, you've seen that what happens to your grandfather's clocks. They sort of break and then you chuck them out into the into the heap, and that's it. You never, you never see. You, how can you repair time if a huge mm. like cog is gone? So yeah. So this idea that we are sort of moving forward because it's sort of furthering the causes of law and order. If it, if in doubt, think law and order. Think modrons. Think. Like uh, any sort of police, like, again, they are sort of the, the sort of the offices of 
law and anything that happens they're going to put down the law essentially mm. no exactly and i think um i think the additional thing to note that we we've mentioned that it's law but it's also the neutrality of it as we were mm. saying is that this is there is no leaning towards good or evil no which is interesting in that law so it is law that is outside of any of those sorts of other categories of alignment whilst where we were last week in arcadia it was law mm -hmm. good neutral <laughs> and we've been to and we will go to law good good which is next week so there's just sort of it and then obviously we'll hit some other evil ones but i think it's just mm. worth mentioning that so it's just pure law yes completely yeah it, law law and order comes before anything else yeah which is the exactly key thing other things to sort of mention sort of like sort of defining features i would say we've got uh, there's no sort of star sun or moon at all there's no. some of the gears actually are the ones that sort of share this sort of bright lights uh, the sky is black so you can imagine just like this almost like like i said like the sort of interior of a clock or a, or yeah. A, yeah just just that it's just darkness and these gears are sort of slowly turning in space uh, speaking of, the air is breathable to every being, including mm. underwater creatures. So, for what, if for whatever reason you have, I don't know, a star whale just suddenly appear, it will be okay. It's not going to just flop on the ground and get and gum up one of the gears as it slowly turns yeah. into its death. I don't know why I said that out loud. <laughs> it's just become so graphic. Oh, so, oh no! Well, be, so be yeah, assured. Turned into oblivion. Well, be assured and... that the Modrons will clean that up. So yes, of course. <laughs> They, that's what they're there for. Um, yeah, it was. there's an interesting piece of this book that it says about going to... It says one of the few places that the clueless being, planars and people that have uh, primes and stuff, people who aren't from the planes, mm. don't long to go except perhaps the sightseers. Yes. And I think that's kind of that's kind of what it comes to. And I think even, even reading it, I find it very... I still find it very interesting. Mm. But it does feel very sightsee unless you really want to get involved in law and mm. understanding laws or trying to understand the real functioning of of what what the what the the chant is of of the of the place because other than that it's it doesn't have the same sort of exploration I feel of some of the other ones but I don't know if you agree with that compared to the other planes that we visited where it'd be like oh we're going to explore some unseen land or we're going to mm. find some treasure and stuff here in Makarnas it is definitely um it's definitely like if you go here you have to have a reason and you have for example to get into the plane itself there is a lot of paperwork you have to fill it all in you have to queue up you have to get your permit or something like that yeah. and then the guards will then choose where you go if you you might want to be like i want to go to this this particular cog at this time they might go hold up mm. according to this paperwork you're more suited to go to this other place so exactly. i think it's, it's incredibly frustrating if anything one of my favorite bits and sort of comparisons I would give this to is like obviously I'm sure we've all had admin to deal with and <laughs> we've all had we've all been in those organizations where you're like I just want to get this one thing and you speak to someone and then months later you get the permit after long after you've solved the problem by doing it yourself without anyone knowing um, but also if you think of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy the Vogons this idea mm. that everything has to have you know be uh, stamped and signed and triplicated and that sort of thing so yeah, as a result, this feels like this big sort of barrier going, oh God, there's just such a lot of effort to get in there. There must, you know, you must want to entice your party or your players into doing this. And I think you can do it because there yeah. is places on Mechanus that don't have this sort of, uh, this like everyone being so neutral. There's a place called Haven, which is a sort of safe 
place where you can be chaotic, you know, within reason. Yeah. You know, it, it is okay for you to go there. So maybe yeah. that would be where you stay over. There's also other sort of realms. So I'm sure we'll talk about Mycelia very, very briefly. If you want yeah. to sort of go there and explore sort of uh, the Myconid kingdom down there as well. Um, but I guess. <laughs> What am I trying to say here? I think, I, I think for me, I'd love to go. Maybe it's because you want to meet, or you, maybe you're returning something mm. to Mercanus. Yeah, you know, that, I think. I think my point was more that it's like it's just like you. I did. I could hardly put it into exact words, but I mm -hmm. think the point was it's like you. You feel like there's a going to there feels like going to the council like you go when you yes. need to do something and you go through all this stuff to get to a place that you need to go to to do a mm. particular task uh, which might be like understanding a law trying to break a law and yep. trying to learn how to break a law or uh wanting to use some fun things that we'll talk about later like the orrery or something like that yes. but it's not like let's just go to to battle because that just sounds freaking crazy <laughs> do you know what i mean like or or let's go to Pandemonium because, like, we need to, we want to go find some awesome treasures in that third layer, mm -hmm. or you know, or Mount Celestia. We need to go see one of these gods, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about like later, or Asgard because that sounds you know people might enjoy that sort of like storyline. But it, it, Mechanus, it, it feels like unless you just want to, as I said, the sightseeing thing. It feels more like a let's go and have a, let's go meet some modrons because that would be fun yeah. and uh, let's go break a law or two or so let's learn how to break a law but that's I guess, kind of my, well, I, my feeling for it I guess yeah speaking of that because obviously there is the fortress of disciplined enlightenment mm. which is where the governors from mm. uh, sort of that faction from Sigil sort of are there that's like a big law library in itself so maybe you need to go mm. do some research for example you maybe yeah. need to find some things also grants licenses for you to hunt outlaws as well and I think maybe that's the big thing is that maybe you get a lot of money as or those big big contracts to find rogue mm. uh, people who have broken laws on the carnus so then maybe that is the more drive like it is not necessarily yeah. a, it's you know it is returning these sort of your bounties to Makarnas so that they can be judged by uh, these different mm. sort of courts and stuff like that so maybe maybe that's it as well because they do talk about these different sort of uh, patrols uh, which I can't have to hand. Oh yeah, there's like various types of lawgivers, so maybe you're going to be yeah. part of those, one of those sort of teams. They've got the, the Modrons, uh, which are obviously the natural sort of beings that live on Makarnas. Got the Governors, you've got the Vigilants, and you've got the Mercy Killers as well. So maybe yeah. you're a part of one of those factions, or maybe you're trying to like cut off one of those factions to get the bounty before them, perhaps. So maybe that little sort of in-party yeah. tension as well. No, it does sound cool. It just is, yeah, I think it's the other ones like, um... I guess like I think as well like a Gehen or something like that. You might even just stay in one of those places for longer, but this feels like a whistle stop tour. Sort of and, place. I, but, and you yeah. know what? I don't think that's a problem. I think No, I, I don't I, think I, it's I, at all. I, I'm not yeah. saying that's negative. No. I'm just saying it's particular to the yeah. I mean maybe that's one of the things it's like like I think that's the reason I love it so much is that mm. it's just one of those things where you can do so much of it but maybe it's only fleeting glances mm. of this place because like you said it's not an ideal place for any party I think no matter yeah. how neutral they may feel they are yeah exactly because let's let's talk about let's talk about sort of the yes. the population and stuff of it. Those inhabitants that do live in Makarnas, uh, whether they're sort of Modrons or whether they're just they've come from other planes and decided to live here. What's great about them? I think this, this and this is great for a DM is that everyone is frighteningly honest about things and exceeding exceedingly literal. Yeah. Mm. And so th that's the again that idea because they don't wish to t misinterpret anything you say because yeah. that invites chaos. Okay. So this idea that if you ask someone to to get you something, they might be like, 
not they might not take instruction from you because it's what you've said is just up for interpretation or even just like completely ignore you because oh yeah. no you're too chaotic you're gonna <laughs> get you're gonna get caught out with your could you get me something and they would mm. say well yes and you're like <laughs> yes. will you please go and get me something you have you know you have those classic you know you have to um, break it down particularities of rule which unlike in other lawful places where those are going to trip you up in a dangerous way, they will just literally just ignore you or be very literal back. Whilst in battle or in the Feywild, they, mm. those things will come back to bite you uh, a lot mm. harder. But um, yeah, I did like that. That yeah, they're so afraid of misinterpreting command, as I said to you, because of vagaries in language that they simply do not take instruction. Yeah. So yeah. And on top and, of that as well mm. is that if there is a crime that's committed, so and it's not your party necessarily, instead of apprehending those those people, they will instead go and report it to a higher authority. <laughs> so I love mm. this idea that they they know when there's a law been broken, but they're like, but I don't want to get involved in case then I too also <laughs> break a law. Yeah, exactly. So I will go report it, and so they'll either go report it or. And this, this is the thing I really do Bloody love. grasses. The, yeah, they know they either grass it up or they'll be like, hey, you, you just broke a law and then continue to follow that person. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, Could you imagine that? Yeah. This person is like, I, I always a think of the example. Yeah. I always think of the example of like, um, you know, you've shut gone into up, the bathroom. Shut up. <laughs> you've gone into the bathroom to like change your t shirt or something like that. And someone going, hey, you didn't wash your hands. Oh no, I was changing the t-shirt. No, excuse me, this person's not washed their hands. Oh, They've yeah. not washed their hands. They've not washed their hands. And you're just following them around saying, this person, don't shake their hand. <laughs> they, they, they've not washed their hands. I feel like you've met someone who's done this to you. <laughs> no, a friend of a friend. No, but, I, but that's the example I can think of is where you, yeah. you could just suddenly get a whole group of like people just pointing at you going, that they, they've done a crime. Excuse me, I was You know what you're now making me think of is that scene at the end of uh, not, uh, not Notting Hill, um, Love Actually, where he's going to marry, he's going to go marry, he wants to go and engage, and so they all come along and they go, what's happening in the whole family? And then the whole <laughs> city, like, village come and follow him to go, and, to go propose. Yeah, it's called Colin Firth's character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's running off. Oh, that's, that's great. I, I love that. But... So yeah, other than that, who, who else is there? There's the Fraternity of Order you mentioned, so mm, the governors. Yes. So the governors, um, yes. Yeah. So you, you know a little bit more about the governors than I do in this, but I thought I'd talk briefly about the sort of mathematicians. Mm. So this is, and this is actually quite interesting because they have a, their own little special page within Macarnus' mm. book as well. Like I've not read about them before, but there's this idea that, well, let's, let's start at the top. So there is a theory that Macarnus is very similar in some uh, in some teeny teeny tiny way to Limbo. We've discussed Limbo a couple of episodes ago, mm. where you as a person on Limbo could will something into existence. You imagine it, and it would appear in sort of mm. you know, great detail and, and thing. And the same thing theoretically can happen in Macarnus because this idea that this is the perfect place of law and and order. So if you imagine something. Like it's it makes if it if it's logical for you to you know imagine it then it must be true and therefore yeah. it must exist on Macarnus somewhere. So yeah. this idea that I could be like I can imagine this beautiful necklace made out of uh, different coloured gems and it just says Fiona is amazing it, like in <laughs> great big like Comic Sans font uh, across across the neckline. Why would you do it in Comic Sans? Why not? Because I so I can imagine it therefore. Somewhere on Macarnas, on one of the cogs, there must be a little case that says two Fiona on it and have this necklace in. Yeah. So the mathematicians, they are devoted to find 
whether this is true or not. Mm. Um, because that people have obviously to do this in lim compared to limbo, where it's like you imagine it and it happens. You now it's the idea that you can imagine it anywhere in the multiplayer, but then you have to travel to Mechanus, travel to where you think the cog is and everything like that. Yeah. And even then, it could be, it could, it might not be exactly what you thought of, because mm. again, it, your thoughts could be up for uh, misinterpretation. So it gives the yeah. example of you thinking of like a, a field of beautiful, like perfect grass, and you might just find one teeny like blade of grass in between two sort of cogs, the, the yeah. teeth of the cogs, as it's yeah, so your thought of like millions of treasures might just mean you feel, you sense a piece of gold, like one piece of gold, like floating mm -hmm. in space. And I think it's kind of interesting because it goes with that theory that that there, there's that idea, isn't it? That uh, as we are beings of creation and our brains are being of creation, everything that we can think of as human beings mm. must be available for creation because mm. we are only limited. We are we are limited by the the creation, the universe that we're within, and yeah. therefore we could never think of anything outside of that universe. Therefore, if we believe that you could <laughs> run at the speed of light, then it must physically be possible at some point in time. However, in order to get there, it doesn't mean that you can just do that because <laughs> yeah. you think it. It's just that because you think it, there is a possibility of it happening. That's I, can, I can just see now these always that is that uh, meme of diagrams and notes yeah. coming out of your head, like all these things happening. Because yeah, it's because yeah. it's a big philosophy, right? Because mm. obviously, you know, and I think maybe it's a little bit too much maybe for your players because they might go what of course that doesn't that's not real but this mm. but this sort of philosophy is then embedded into the mathematicians so they believe that mm. you know anything can be imagined it will exist in mechanics and so they will look for a way to find it and yeah. you can become one of these uh, mathematicians you but you have to be of a certain level and have a certain intelligence score in order to understand these amazingly high concepts yes exactly <laughs> which i quite like yeah. yeah um but and the sort of only little downside or not even downside but one thing i did thought was quite nice was that you must share any findings that you find with your mm. brethren but brethren even mm. i can't even say that word but uh, but again as a really cool story hook maybe you have been uh, one of your party or maybe someone that's close to the party has sort of enlisted them to come and help them find some treasure for the mathematicians but then you've got to take on a couple of uh, uh, you know of npcs and they're just all there willing to talk to you about this and have these interesting conversations you're like you you're just like no idea no idea what you're saying. It's, it's, yeah, you can imagine the, the, the lesser intelligent, you know, uh, barbarians or rogues mm. or, or, or whoever, you know, anyone that doesn't that, you'd be like, God, you're talking way too much. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Because, and that could make some really cool. A bit like play. you're standing there in front of the architect from the Matrix 3. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wait, the what? <laughs> just, just, this, this is version 7? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I think yeah. the thing that is kind of, I th just thought of a, a good adventure that could go with it, is that the classic trope of like, there's a big godlike being that's trying to destroy the world and you need to find the god-slaying weapon. And then you realise there is no such god-slaying weapon. And everyone's like assuming there's everyone believes that there's possibly this like the god killer sword or something like that, but there never is the god killer sword. And they're like, oh, there never no one ever existed. And they're like, oh, so what we're we gonna do? And then they go and they go, well, let's go to Makarnas. Like someone finds out this idea that if we go to Makarnas and think very hard about it, we might be able to will it into being or something like that. that yeah, be, and because that, that feels like a, such a, a a really desperate one last try. Yeah, exactly. and so instantly I wanted to be at one last try, and it works. But it's yes. something so silly, like you think, yeah, like it's a, like you know, a dragon slaying sword, and it actually yeah. is like 
you know, a teeny tiny like dagger or like yes. a dessert spoon or something like that. A dessert spoon, like, you're like, what the heck? And you try it and then it actually works. Works. But, They're like, yeah. no, my weakness! <laughs> a dessert spoon. <laughs> anyway, before we go to any other sort of populations, mm. we, it would be remiss of us not to talk briefly about Motrons. Mm. So this idea that these are sort of the... Um, perfect uh, geometric and sort of numeratic that's not even a word but these sort of these shaped creatures essentially mm. that have been created and they're sort of made in this huge sort of like a hierarchy incredible hive mind that sort of thing and mm. according to this book although i will say in all there's many different uh, versions of them in across all the editions there are 15 divisions of modrons with mm. primus their sort of deity being at the top and the idea yep. is that, you know, if uh, the sort of duties get filtered down from Primus for doing certain things, whether it is mm. ruling over a region of one of the cogs to even just cleaning the teeth of the cogs um, mm. from one to another. And it's sort of carried out in a sort of like, again, oh, I will delegate this to you. Thank you very much. I will now delegate this to you and so on and so forth. There is mm. no sense of self. It is always mm. we, the Modrons, we're doing this. And mm. something that we picked up in our Modron episode, which I quite like, this idea that if you are speaking to a Modron, because they have no sense of self or no sort of like concept of it, and there's a group of part, there's a party, they will speak to the person they think is in charge, but if somebody else asks them a question, they will still direct their answer to the person they think is in charge, which I think mm. is amazing, because then you're just completely ignoring <laughs> yeah. all of the party and speaking to the one that speaks for everyone. What's quite fun is you could do that to a party and just sort of make them roll for like charisma to see who they then sort of is the person or something yeah. like that. Or even just you around. could sort of mess with them, just make someone you think is the party leader or whatever. Uh, exactly. Mm. Um, the, the other cool, well, the other thing to note about them is that they can only communicate, modules can only communicate with the level above and below them so for example yeah. the lowest level the monodrones they can only communicate with the duodrones which is above them yeah. because they can that's what they can comprehend the duodrones yeah. can co sort of communicate with the monodrones and the triodrones which are above them as well but yeah. this and it's what's interesting and compared to in this edition it says that the further up a modron goes they do remember where they were previously yes. in fifth edition they it don't says they don't yeah that's what i thought i prefer the old edition idea that they remember it but they state that they can't communicate with one lower because they are way too advanced to communication that the ones two steps below them wouldn't be able to understand them yeah so they just can't communicate below because they cannot distill their information can't back. even function yeah, yeah. I, it is almost like a kindness in a way saying i mm. will pass this on because i'm just going to put it in layman's terms for you mm. to pass it and on. then you'll yeah. layman's it down even more sort of thing exactly which, yeah so, so yeah, so again, what this advice to as well, they are, I will say, all 15 divisions of Modrons are listed. They're not all not all given stats and stuff like that, mm. because I think to, the, to a point it's like, it's going to be very hard to, to fight them as well. But you can easily add more Modrons in. If you think of really cool shapes or all different numbers and stuff, you can easily do that as a DM, which I think will be quite cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is there's a very interesting comparison here from Modrons to... Um, I think it's, it's devils and demons essentially, because yeah. yeah. devils and devils and demons, you know where you stand with them. It says it says like you understand that mm. they hate you, that you know they're evil, and they're going to use you for their own goods essentially. Whether it's yeah. sort of like through contracts or whether there's pure chaos and they're just out to fight you, you never know where you stand with a, a, a modron because they don't care about good or evil. They just care about law and order, and even though that law and order might not be in, might be 
invisible to mm. the human eye. So I love that idea that you were just always slightly on edge <laughs> and they yeah. are sort of very unnerving because you could say something, they go, hmm, does not compute. Okay, and then and then they'll make their own mind up and go, nope, we will take you and you will be tried. Come with yeah. us. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. what? Oh no, you 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 jaywalked. You you said a naughty word. Uh, you were clearly yeah. evil, or you clearly you clearly broken the law. The the characters that you see, there are, I can't think of the term in a movie, but there are characters like that where it's appearing that they're your friend, but then you realise they like an alien structure where they are. I think it's mainly in like Star Trek, and then they conform to a. A higher theory and then suddenly they're like well you broke the law that's it you're dead sort of thing reminds me of that episode where wesley in star trek next generation breaks the <laughs> where they have that place with the law called yes. i think it's called judgment and the episode mm -hmm. and he falls into a greenhouse and they have this idea that if you're in the you can do there's a place where you can it's the place where there are no laws apart from one area that roams around mm -hmm. the world and if you're in the ultimate law area you're killed if you break any law and uh, and it's a whole it's a completely stupid theory, but there's a really good scene with like a couple of good scenes of like arguments, but it just reminds me of that sort of like oh it's all seemingly fine, and then you do something very innocuous, and you're like no you're gonna die now, yes, <laughs> and everyone's and yeah, fine it's, with it's it around you, and you're like what the mm. fuck that's ridiculous, and they're like yeah no no that's how it works here sort of thing like yeah wow. absolutely, and and this idea that the trials and stuff that they will they will take you to trial, you know as any mm. lawbreaker they will take the trial in regular sort of the main sort of mo Modron mm. sort of layer their realm, and they'll try you because they'll have evidence. They'll, they'll have evidence, and they'll even people will come and testify against you, even if you know they'll be like, oh yes, I did see them here at this time. Well, that confirms that they were there when the law was broken, you know, and it just sort of yeah. mounts up against you, and you're like, hang on, that means nothing. So no, 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 you know, and it's just again the sneaky way that these people will just again, like dogpile your players with like paperwork yeah. and evidence yeah. that stacks against you which it's all circumstantial it doesn't actually so prove Brazil. anything it's all the brazil which stuff I love. Yeah. yes yeah. absolutely exactly. yeah it's 100% it is brazil 100% yeah. the final That's the movie final... not the country just to clarify <laughs> absolutely yes clarify <laughs> and it's a great movie would recommend uh, awesome. the final thing i want to say on modrons is that mm. this thing about when they die their life yeah. force is sort of reabsorbed back into uh, Mechanus, and another Modron is promoted up the train. So, for example, a Triodrone, uh, if that is killed in battle or it just fades away, it, it just, in my head, it sort of rusts and just falls down, but there's nothing mm. left of them. And then somewhere, whether it's on the plane of Mechanus or elsewhere in the multiverse, a Duodron will transform and, and become a Triodrone. Mm. And similarly, a, a Monodrone will then go up to be a a, a duo drone and a, another mo uh, monodrone will appear from somewhere. Exactly. Now, it, yeah. it, it, again, it's that sort of the idea of promoting stuff. There's no sort of like it's going to be the person closest to us. It's going to be this particular person. No, it's already preordained, isn't it? Exactly. Based on their existence, isn't it? Just they're literally the last one to have been born. So if you're the yeah, yeah. that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, um... it's 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 so cool and. Yeah, I just, again, it's just a very interesting, I think, for me, because, again, they they look, they're a cool way, to, cool creature to describe to players as well, and you could easily 
go in, like I said, if you're creating other modrons, you can really just go ham and be like, cool, it's like a Mobius strip kind of one, or it's a, yeah. an Escher sort of staircase type one or anything like that. And it's just, again, as I've always said on this sort of show that sometimes I'm like, I'm overwhelmed by the description, but I'm like, that sounds really cool. I just cannot <laughs> imagine it. It's, it's, I, yeah, I want definitely 3D or sort of like mm. uh, illusionary sort of modrons where you're not entirely sure how they work, because uh, that would be quite cool. And yeah, I just, I just, there's something, an very interesting sort of NPC to play, but also maybe a really cool sort of like information point you know to mm. give some you know guidance or law or even yeah. i think there's a what is it in regulus there you know to make sure you you know you know what's going on so if they can give you that's right a 300 volume portable law summary that can be found at any of the bureaus so <laughs> i like the idea that they hand out i don't know carts or, or you know it's like hitchhiker's guide isn't it but i just like the idea that oh we still got them in hardback <laughs> and it's just 300 volumes of of laws that you could just take around with you i think that's fantastic though come on i mean they'd, you think they'd invented the ipad by now but yeah it's fine we'll have to do. oh no 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 because what, what if it gets hacked or something like that so <laughs> oh, that's right uh, do, is true. it worth mentioning rogue mondrons or is it worth just like yeah let's talk about rogue mondrons yeah. so sometimes um change happens uh mm. as, as with all life like things happen and mutate or something and it gets to a point where a modron might suddenly remember or might suddenly start thinking in, as an individual rather than a team or a hive, and so as a result, they might they might start breaking laws themselves because this idea of individuality mm. is so sort of alien to the Modrons, and it is chaotic, right? Because as soon as you break away and you start thinking for yourself, that it goes against what they've sort of preordained, as you said, so that mm. sort of predetermined stuff. So they will send out bounty hunters and, and patrols of Modrons to hunt down rogue Modrons. But what I quite liked is that individual modrons when they break away they can easily draw other modrons underneath them because they are seen as like ah oh, someone that is higher than us that's telling us what to do they just have to manipulate it in a certain way so you could have a whole rogue modron like like army, army or, or, squad, or at least or yeah squad or even like a a um maybe even like a a, a gang of modron thieves that's like mm. under one sort of uh <laughs> modron mob boss oh my gosh now you've made it yes <laughs> because obviously for them it'll make total sense because yes we're acting within the law of the mob boss you know on the day of my modron's wedding you know, that's <laughs> i was trying level. to think of like leave the gears take the cannoli oh <laughs> he's he's sleeping with the cogs <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yes you there's as you can tell there's a lot of fun you can or have sleeping with the myconids would be more like oh very good come on very good there you go there you, go. there you go. Now, now we have the mod, the modron mod boss, <laughs> mod boss. versus yeah. versus the, the uh, myconid, <laughs> the myconids of mycelia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's let's quickly talk about mycelia because again we're not going to talk about it too much because well because I know you find it a little bit silly but just to give it a little bit of no I don't you we can got... talk about it it's fine I just <sighs> oh, I just no. it just I didn't want to become me going oh Hamilton here he is being. <laughs> Here he's being down on something. <laughs> no, because I, I do think it's true. So Mycelia, yeah. this sort of realm yeah. of of where the Myconids are, this sort of this the god of the Myconids, which I mm. believe you pronounce uh, uh, Silo, uh, Silo Fear, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, 
Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. What I quite like about I it is that it's... That <laughs> you, you trust me. It's a huge sort of cavern with all these spores on it. There's like, uh, or, you know, everywhere you walk, there's sort of like organic mulch, which then mm. you realise is probably <laughs> um, a young myconids about to grow and stuff like that. What I quite like about it is that it is underneath a cog. Well, something we didn't mm. sort of really cover is that both sides of a cog can be ha uh, habitable because the gravity, you can easily just step over doing like a David Bowie labyrinth sort of style, mm. go under underneath which is quite cool but and this is where i do agree with you on this hamilton um in order to get to my silla, this realm of the spores and to the myconids yeah. it's a paradox the idea if you want to get there you have to walk away from it and you can only get there when you're not looking for it which sounds pointless <laughs> just I, I get it like as in i get it i get the i get the, the 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 philosophical idea behind it it's the conceptual thing it works but it also just annoys me <laughs> because it's like oh how because the only time you're ever going to arrive there is when you don't want to go there which yes. then which is then like it's a I hassle can't, i can't imagine in a in a in a game in a game mm -hmm. why you would want like then what's the point why of it why would you be there? Yeah, I agree. Because what you, you do is like, well, we need to get to Regulus, and you start walking towards Regulus, and like, oh, you see this mulchy land. Well, we don't need to go here. We'll keep walking, and you just walk onto Regulus. Do you know what I mean? So like, and then when you're like, oh, I really need a Myconid. Well, you better not think about it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty. Yeah, yes, yes. Do you know what I mean? Don't, like, think, of a don't think of a Myconid. Damn it! Damn it! Exactly. <laughs> you're gonna be like, it's just like. I don't know, just sort of as a game concept. It, I mean, as a concept, it's great for like a story, but for a, mm. for a, a game, I don't know. I'm being I'm being a contrarian. I guess, or whatever, I'm sorry. I guess because I don't know, it, it feels like it goes against this law and order and logic thing. Yes, Cause it's, that's, cause it's kind something, of what, that's what sort of, yeah, yeah there is a logic it, to it, but it's not. It's, it, yeah. And it doesn't really come anywhere else. I mean, just quickly looking mm. back through it as well, like, they have this whole thing about uh, non-violence. Mm. So, you know, that it would, they're trying to keep out those people who are too turbulent to understand what Mycela offers. Mm. Um, so there can't be any violence. Anyone that in entertains violent thoughts can find themselves transported away across yeah. mechanisms without their companions. So that's terrifying, because obviously you're thinking to yourself, like, um, yeah. You know, don't trust what's going on here. But, don't like the mulch. Well, this oh, is God, why I don't want to get into this because now I'm going to say that the whole time you're nearly getting poisoned and they want to kill you. So, like, yes. I don't under quite. I, it, it does. It, that's when it. Oh, sorry. Getting <laughs> <laughs> in my Hamilton. This is the voice that I do when I'm really annoyed. It's like, well, and I'm doing this with my hands. It's like, if it's not a violent place, but they are. When you're there, it's constantly trying to kill you, so, and then they're going to absorb your body in a mm. non-violent way. I I'm, I don't know. I find it falls down. <laughs> it falls Maybe down. It's, again, Mikey, it's, it's that idea that there's there's certain order, the life decay I get stuff. It. No, I do. Maybe. Yeah. I know. Oh, I, I get. Know. There's a law. There's an order to life and death. But then they're not. But then oh, if we're going to get into it, uh, they are Hamilton. enforcing this death <laughs> prematurely by poisoning you constantly. So. I, I love Sorry. the fact that you would not survive Mechanus. <laughs> That's what I've discovered about this. Well, I'd just be there arguing, saying, excuse me. <laughs> and then you get transported, you know, across Mechanus, and then eventually when you want to... I just become like, sort of that person, back, actually, actually. Actually, 
But then, but then you probably get judged by the circle, so these nine sort of myconoid kings, yeah. uh, which if they find you guilty, sentence you to a horrible, rotting death. Yeah, You're no, like, well, exactly. This is not fair. No, that's what I mean. This is like, I would just be the whole time just be saying, well, this just doesn't fit the logic. So, like, anyway. So yeah, the point no. is, the problem is now, I don't want to go there. I'm going to be the person that's going to end up there. That's the thing, isn't it? I like, but again, there's, so talking about the spores thing as well, because obviously, again, the the reason they sort of talk about this is the idea that machinids are like they spray spores towards people to like induce a rapport and to be able to speak a common mm. language because traditionally machinids they they can mm. only speak so sort of telepathically through the spores but obviously on, as we sort of mentioned mechan on mechanus everyone has a shared at least a shared language everyone can understand each other so you're like <laughs> what's the it, it looks like a threat right suddenly yeah. these, these spores can be like what's going on and you go oh we can speak hello that's okay yeah like, no we've all been able to do this i don't trust this <laughs> yeah exactly i know so it's it's really good i like it <laughs> it's pretty good it's irritating i really good no but i i think it's it is what you take of it. i definitely would no, try I and make it a bit more ordered perhaps i think i would get rid of that sort of like to get to it walk away because you're right because otherwise you're just always going to get stuck there every time or yeah. always it's, it's you want players to want to enjoy that that realm, I think. But then, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's it's I, I I quite like the description of it. I quite like, mm. yeah. I, I guess like, unless like the Mykonidkins, like they the, like the gods want you to actually go and like help them in some way. Other than that, yeah. like you said, like. Well, no, I get the no whole like go. the whole. There's a lot of theories like if it was something more like you know, there's a fantastic treasure, but you don't get it until you need it and not by wanting it. Like I totally mm. get that theory and that mm. concept or the sort of like. You know, things only appear to you when you're not thinking of it and stuff like that. And I kind of that's fine to a certain extent. And but it's not like once you're there, it's a mm. it's like a fabulous place to be. Like, do you know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's not like it's um, there's a desire to be there in the first no. place. That's kind of no. what I'm missing. I guess. No, that's fair. Well, let's talk about the other town it sort of mentions, which yeah. a town, again, I've tried to say it off, <laughs> off camera and still probably won't get it right. So, Delon Estin Oti. I think that's how we pronounce it. I think that's it. what we're going with. That's what we're going okay. with. Well, let's go into it. Delon Estin Oti. So, this idea is like a, a, a spiderweb town where all the citizens have learnt to anticipate the flow of time. Mm. And the all the conversations have been sort of already based on what has happened before. To the point where people, majority of the citizens, don't speak at all. Uh, they just they, they just realise that everything has an order, things have passed, and they can sort of almost predict the future in a way. They offer services for, for everyone so that they can predict, certainly for neutrals, what, what's going to happen for the rest of the day, for sort of lawfuls and, and goods within mm. the next couple of days, and then oh, sorry, within the next hour or so. And then chaotics are like, oh, no chance. No, <laughs> no we don't know. Yeah. But what I, what I quite liked about it is that they have, obviously, the most, most of them are non-talkers, but there are people who translate for them, the actual talkers, including like the sort of leader of the town who has a great catchphrase going, I knew you would do that, which I think I'm just going to use that all the time. <laughs> it's like, of course you do that. I predicted this. Like, no, you didn't. I knew you were going to say that too, because <laughs> you didn't believe me. No, I you know. Yeah, I, the whole I knew you'd do that would be so annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this idea of the, like, it's almost quite sad in a way that. The, those who are doing sort of who aren't talking but are predicting the patterns are sort of translating are being translated by those who can talk. But as a result, 
you might not understand the fortune in quotation yeah. marks that you get because the talkers are still like one degree or so away from them. So there's almost this sort of schis schism within mm. the townsfolk themselves that they don't trust those, you know, it is, it, you actually don't talk to each other. You, it, it's not the same because those yeah. people who can talk aren't ord as ordered as the mm. non-talkers. So I just thought that was quite cool, the description of that. Which also lies on that concept of those who know don't speak and those who speak don't know sort of theory, Whoa. doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I think they're sort of playing with all of those concepts of like knowledge and sort of theories on knowledge. I also, um, yeah, and I thought it, there was a sort of, it was quite sad that idea that the people who are, who can talk are alienated from both parties and therefore I didn't, uh, the, that's kind of, um, and the, yeah, because the communication as well was they, because they know each other so well, the ones that don't talk, it's that communication with just the simple like, they might just stand there and go, and then walk away. And that's yeah. the whole conversation because they know what they're anticipating, yeah. but purely the raised eyebrow <laughs> explains exactly so the sentiment much. that needs to yeah, be said. Everything. And that's yeah. it. And that's all that is needed to have an addendum to their already knowledge, you know, to push them in the right direction of thought. So I think that was quite fun. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the architecture of it is like, yeah, symmetrical, as you said, with a spider web sort of pattern radiating yeah. out from a center, which I think is... Um, quite interesting and that all buildings are residential because and there's no inn or hostel um yeah. and the only way you could ever stay there is in someone's house where they've moved or died so you there's like free houses that you can use there but because there's no need for sort of like shops or anything like that there's no need for commerce so they literally have enough food that they mm. give to everyone and it's all very you know laid out like that so it's kind of kind of weird. yeah it's pretty, yeah, pretty weird. And I guess the, the final one we'll go on to before we talk about Regulus, really. We might have mentioned it last episode, but the, mm. the third layer of Arcadia is, mm. is, is here. So we sort of mentioned about last time that this, this third layer was sort of, uh, it's been transmigrated over to mm. Mechanus, uh, Nemaustus, I think we, we decided on that uh, pronunciation. Nemaustus. Um There's no T and, in it. I don't know. I'm, that's how <laughs> I. Nemastus, I don't know. I'm Nemastus, I don't know. It, this, this, the third layer of Arcadia. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because obviously it was such a big deal about it made in the Arcadia um, book that we read mm. that here it's actually quite. There's not much in, in mm. this third layer. It's very woody compared to mm. the rest of it. I think that's the thing. Obviously, all the other cogs, it's all sort of like very shiny, very. There's no sort of. There's no natural creatures here. So instantly, it means. It feels like to me there isn't any maybe natural environment per se. There's no like lakes or trees or anything like that. Whereas here, in this particular realm, there, it is woody. And you still have those sort of petitioners, those certain people who, are, who did come from Arcadia and happened to end up here. They're still suspicious of you. Mm. Um, this, that's still sort of the sort of after effect from our case yeah. of the bleeding through. But other than that, there's no sort of um, towns per se or anything like that, because they are just trying to protect this layer. Now they're like, well, we've got it now. Yeah. We're going to make sure the, those, the, the Harmonium won't come and take it back. So it's almost, it is like a feel very much like a no man's land type scenario where mm. it's, it's, it's beautiful and lush, but there's not much here. Yeah. And what I quite like is that they've taken on and there's a, I think there's something you could play with it because it's already moved once and then and then they're saying the Arcadian petitions on the plane they have learned something of chaos and hatred for those who restrain the good in them mm. because obviously like so they've sort of instead of like because they're good they've got the good alignment whilst this is a neutral alignment they've also then as a reaction 
are taking more of a chaotic alignment to sort of re to like try and maintain their good and mm. go against the ultimate lawfulness of it. And um, and so they've employed chaos attacks, which are like another faction who are just mm. all about chaos, just like to, to make the warrens and stuff, so they can hide away from the governors who are trying to keep it in in mechanus. Mm. And um, what I quite like is there's someone that's trying to stop them being too chaotic because then it might then shift to to somewhere like um, a chaotic, uh, a chaotic good place like a Bori or even or something oh, like that, yeah. which would be kind of you could do as like a like you could have a whole thing that it's becoming more chaotic and it's starting to shift and you're starting to mm. see like uh, what's those what are the roving bands from a Boria called the um, the uh, the the big parties the big party yeah the Dithyram. Oh. Oh, what are they called? I don't know. They're, they're everywhere, though. <laughs> I think we've talked about them in every episode since then. <laughs> yes, we have. What, what are they Great. called? I can't uh, remember off the top of my head. But yes, I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, and then it's... they sort of... Maybe you see one of them on the horizon, and it's like, oh, no, oh. it's being transported to Arcadia, uh, to Arborea oh, or something God. like that. And it would be... I don't know. It could be kind of... I like... Yeah, again, a cool story of, like, what... Yeah, following Regulus around... Not Regulus, sorry. Following Namaustus around. Just, like, yeah. it bumps from plane to plane to plane because it doesn't necessarily fit back in. And eventually, yes. if it gets back up to uh, Arcadia, it's like, ah, oh, home again, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Maybe that's, like, so. a, like, the whole game is, like, you're, like, moving... The, you're, like, you... you. Oh, what if you, like, yeah, you try and... You get stuck in a plane. Here's an idea, mm. right? You've heard this okay. story... Yeah, and you're stuck in a jail in battle or something like that, mm -hmm. and so it's lawful and evil, and mm. uh, and someone tells you the story of the Malsus, and you're like, wait a minute, everyone, start being really good, <laughs> be really good to each other right now, like every like if you can gather like at least fifteen people in this jail, let's all be really good and chaotic okay just do random things mm -hmm. and so then you just have to like convince everyone in this jail to do random things and suddenly the jail gets transported to a chaotic good plane and that's your way to escape a jail that's in how hell. you get out i don't remember that mod in uh, skyrim <laughs> how you get out of the jail at the beginning i think go. skyrim a theory. Yeah, i can't remember it's a theory i like that and then finally the main sort of the main mm. sort of realm, uh, Primus's realm, this idea of of Regulus, this orderly as clockwork and cruelly logical mm. as can be. Love uh, this place. It yeah. It's so cool. Again, the image mm. of it's quite cool. So it's got 64 cogs sort of stacked like a pyramid with a huge sort of rod in between. Mm. And it's not, it's not sure if the, it's the rod that turns the cogs or the cogs that turn the rod. I just thought that was an interesting little fact. Yeah. And it's just one giant sort of city or realm. So it's, I, again, it's impossibly huge, I think. Mm. And you have, again, that idea of these, the divisions of, of, of modrons. You've got certain modrons looking after different parts of the cogs, so maybe individual cogs, and then every four cogs, it's another modron that looks over, that can overseer, etc., etc. And then right yeah. at the top, you have Primus, which is the sort of the modron deity. And the big thing to sort of note about Regulus is that there is this uh, this building called the Modron Cathedral, which is I, it looks spectacular. It's almost like it's constantly in motion. This idea that all we, it's almost flitted around by little modrons as they're adding stuff to it and mm. making it. It's, it's almost like what are they building over there? Yeah. <laughs> so just it's getting and it feels like it's impossibly big, but it's not. And it's and it's, it's just it very can make you go mad by looking at it. It can, yes, it has inside of it. It's got um, an, oh, uh, yes, it, that's even it, the it's... external of it can make you. It says, I think, when that you was see it. it. Yes, yeah. you were right. Yes, it's the external of it because you just you're trying to comprehend it. I guess mm. it's like me in every one of these episodes trying to comprehend something and just like, 
I for me, I'm just like, you know what? It's gone. It goes beyond my imagination. So I just I will stop imagining it now. Whereas if it if it sort of overwhelms you, drives you to mm. to madness, I guess. But inside the Modron Cathedral, there is an orrery, which is basically like this huge big model of gears which spin and move, and you can use it as both a scrying device, so again, a way to look on maybe what's going on in this realm or what's going on in that realm, but also as a teleportation device, depending on if you're careful with it or not. So it talks about various saving throws and stuff that you do to make sure, again, using it, you A, don't like lose your sense of self, uh, but and also sanity. that you don't... <laughs> and sanity, yeah, uh, and, and make sure you don't suddenly teleport yourself to <laughs> somewhere that could be quite dangerous, because I can imagine uh, you're, yeah. like, you're on Archeron, or you're looking at Archeron going, what are they doing? And it's suddenly like, oh no, I seem to be in the middle of a battlefield right now. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't quite so, understand yeah. it, but it sort of says like when you get somewhere within your eye line at your height, so it's like if you're looking down on it, it's sort of fine. But if you then start looking up and going, oh, what's over there? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and then you're there. Yeah. It's sort of, that's kind of cool. I, I, yeah, I think for me, I would as a DM, I would pick my moment, like depending on how long and you were looking for, perhaps, and mm. like you get and like the longer you're there, the, the details get clearer and clearer. So maybe it's only very blurry at the beginning, and then yeah. you're hearing a few things and stuff like that. And then if you like lean in closer and closer, then suddenly you're pop, you're at the war table yeah. with the rest of them. Yeah, you lean <laughs> over the edge a little bit too far that you lose that balance, like losing the balance on your chair, and you sort of like, oh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly how I saw it. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of the, again, the huge sort of, mm. I think an interesting, like, defining features and geography for it, because compared to other planes, I think it's only got a select few of interesting things, like, mm. like it's, it's like, like, okay, we've got this, and we've got this, and mm. actually I think it's very easy to build on from there, and like, you don't have to use the mycilla stuff at all, or the, the mouse dust stuff, you can just use that for something else as well. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to quickly go on to the magical conditions yes. that was all right no, so yeah. ma there are some restrictions on magic i think every plane of law instead of the chaos ones which up the ante essentially uh, every plane of law just goes mm, no <laughs> no we have rules and orders rules here. as written <laughs> no don't what are you trying to do so stuff like uh, illusionary magic and world mm. magic are just completely inoperable here don't even mm. bother trying it because it's just not going to work um, with uh, conjuring and summoning uh, spells, they will summon creatures that are, I'm quoting from the book here, a perfect slave, but basically will are, are lawful creatures, no matter mm. what you're trying to do. And it has this very interesting sort of rule, which I think could be quite tricky, but I guess as long as you, as a DM, just keep in your head. So if you are a the opposite alignment spellcasters, so for example, you are a chaotic uh, uh, spellcaster, the, the lawful creature that you've summoned will only follow what you've asked it to do to the letter of it. So it's not gonna, it's not gonna interpret, you know, you have to be careful what you say because it's just gonna do exactly what mm. you say. So um, if you are of a similar alignment, there'll be some interpretation. It will like genuinely sort of, oh, I see what you said this, but you meant this a little bit. Okay, I can help you in that way. But if you're the same, if you are both of you are lawful, the creature will then ask you what are your exact intentions? <laughs> Which I love. It feels like a like an email you send. Sorry, could you all... just explain what you meant by that? Yeah, I just, I just, I just got your email. Could you just, just can we have a quick check call about this? Just yeah, we have a on quick the same Teams page. Chat to, uh, to yes. make sure. yeah. yeah, on the same page, on the same page. So I, I, yeah. I think that's it's a, again maybe might get lost in the the big sort of combat per se. But I quite like the idea that definitely chaotics. You have to be like, <laughs> your players are like okay. 
I need you to go over there mm. and kill that person with your sword yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back to me or, or like they've got the scroll I need you to get the scroll without killing the you know just like and just, the scroll <laughs> is the one in their bag that says yes. this that's this. coloured in this lettering yes. and you know just like... get get their bag no the, the, the big bag the, the one with the backpack that says I heart paladins or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh I've met um, that paladin uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Perith <laughs> yeah um, divination magic um, again it just says if it's cast by a chaotic alignment creature then it will have no effect but mm. lawful alignments it will have effect and here and it's the interesting one necromancy so necromancy is seen on Mechanus as again a basic violation mm. of law and I think this has happened on the other planes as well I will say mm. and, but even healing magic doesn't work too well here it talks about this idea that for healing magic to work you, it requires a piece of the caster's flesh mm. or you know I, I, I would maybe because mm. it, it's not like just I'll just lop off a hand and you get five hit points back it's not that per se <laughs> but like it is it is using your life force yeah. to sort of move your life force into something else so when you're casting something at a spell level uh, like a healing spell or a necromatic spell sorry uh, to bring something to life it has to require some of your hit points and there's a ratio it gives in the in the yes. in the book which is i think it's really interesting i don't think it mm. i don't really know if dnd fifth edition does that per se like like have like if you want to do this at this level do that it's because it's not necessarily a yeah. optional rule that comes we'll talk about op the optional rule from the cards the thing he's closer to is the blood hunter kind of thing that's kind of yeah. what it reminds me of a little bit but other than that yeah I can't think of anything like level wise mm -hmm. yeah, yeah this idea of, of channeling your energy into mm. one thing to another like I, I guess we talked recently about um, Heroes of Kryn this sort of UA on our, on our sibling podcast and that mm. talks about like um, this idea that like, you're expending some of your hit die to, mm. to help other people and stuff like that. But this is actually your hit points. So yeah, it's like it's actual... Yeah. Cur your current life rather than something in the future you may or may not use. Yeah, that's true. Stuff. Um, yeah. I think well, the other one then about elemental magic, it requires mm. the things, the component you need to add to it is the element you want to draw. So you can breathe onto your hand, you can, uh, you know, get some, you know, for water, you could get a droplet of tears or something like that or mm -hmm. uh and then or you could make it and for dirt it could just be a handful of dirt or like dust in your pockets well you could as a dm as it said make that more of a a trek like you need a pound of earth so you've got to get to them to Malsus to get some earth because there's nowhere else like, or... for god's sake yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and that sort of thing which i think is kind of and spray a bit of water uh, mm -hmm. on your hands so I think yeah, it's kind of I don't know just a little like nod to it and stuff yeah and the spell keys are cool as well yeah yeah so spell, spell and power keys are all sort of cogged themed and sort of interlinked mm. in some way again I bet they would look again to describe them would be very cool remind me a little bit and I, I don't know if you've seen the TV show or read the comics but the lock and key series which has I started it I started it I haven't, yeah 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 I, well you that's all you need to know is like this idea that there are these keys that unlock certain things and they just mm. they look so different and weird and that's what mm. I had in my head is that they just all again the all different kind of cogs and stuff and how they all fit together for those spell and power keys which is very interesting yeah uh, cool the one thing I did want to quickly mention before sort of mm. maybe rounding it off really is um, I want to talk about the and I'm going to say this wrong as, as well 
the labyrinthian labyrinthian yes. portal. Yes. We kind of missed this a little bit. So there's two things to this. So there's obviously uh, there's the gatehouse that get in to the automata uh, gatehouse. That's sort of the portal town. But mm-hmm. there's also the labyrinthian portal, which is this maze of portals and conduits that sort of link the cogs together. This idea mm-hmm. and how you would get from one to another. Because again, this whole plane, this whole realm is just cogs that are all sort of together and you can walk on them, etc. So I guess if you wanted to take a shortcut, you would use this portal. But it's it describes it as sort of a... It's not really a maze maze, as we would know it. It's sort of a mental construct that you have to be sort of like focused in on trying to get somewhere. It's almost like... Again, I know we've made the joke before about it having it being like the Windows screensaver sort of um, maze, but I think this one is even worse because like, it's in your own head. Yeah. It's your mind palace, but you've you've locked yourself out and you can't remember the passcode. Um, but it's interesting because it talks about only modrons and other similarly minded creatures can use this labyrinth with very with certainty. So you, yeah. you need to get to the next one. You might need to get a guide in to help mm. you, maybe um, somehow get a get a modron to help you maybe a rogue one to get you if you or if you need to get higher up into regulus to go maybe go visit the modron cathedral or maybe i don't know try and seek an audience with primus get, get one of the modrons to try and get you in would be uh, yeah. an interesting one i think yeah no i think it's quite cool and i think you could yeah you could work it in in game in some interesting ways but i yeah i kind of imagined it like <sighs> bit like sort of like um you know that shape when you drop it and it always falls and into its in it always writes itself and it's like a weird have you ever seen one it's like the object that wherever you leave it it like will write itself upwards it's, it's like yeah like it's um, got a curved bottom and then got like some weird triangles and sort of edges and it always yes. lands facing upwards mm. i imagine it's like an like a ethereal version of that object <laughs> that you can kind of see and then you kind of got to walk into it at an angle that you want to achieve so it's like multi-headed mm. but not completely regular but it doesn't look regular but it's regular and it's sort of something that's kind of mm. how i imagined it or something like that and then you enter into it like as an object that's huge that you find and then the way you the way you trans traverse it is how you then yeah. end up in the next place or something but. i see now now i've got two images one of that sort of alice in wonderland sort of like the drink me so you know you go further away there's a smaller door but then you get closer and it's yeah. a bigger door to the same size but yeah. now i also think that every time you're like in the, the labyrinth and portal it's like okay so we need to go away from the door oh god damn it we're back at my cellar again <laughs> like every dead end you end up at my cellar <laughs> like no no that's what now like, I next like time it. Now I like yeah. it if it does that. Actually, do it. Or just constantly appears up like hello. <laughs> like, um, mulch. No, I don't want no. any mulch. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Stop introducing me to your cousins. I don't want to know. Um, so, yeah. So I kind of just wanted to finish off. So I want to talk about it from the DM's guide. Uh, the, yes. So I want to talk about it from the DM's guide sort of uh, view. So in the fifth edition, as I've sort of always mentioned, is that it's very, very limited on what we have here compared to the Planescape books. Mm. So here. The optional rule. There's two of them for this plane, which I I really I really love. Uh, I really love the first one. So the optional rule, the first one is law of averages. So oh whilst, yeah. I, while on the I co- thought that was actually in this, to be honest. I yeah, I thought it would be too, but and I guess it, it feels like they missed a trick by not. But but yeah. who knows? While on Makarna's creatures always use the average damage result for attacks and spells. For example, an attack that normally deals 1d10 plus 5 damage always deals 10 damage on Makarna's, mm. which, oh, again, it, it. if 
for whatever reason, they do get into a fight, which I think it would be so silly if they did, because mm. <laughs> you know, because they're instantly going to be arrested by the Modrons and then taken to Regulus for trial. But this idea is like, okay, um, oh yeah, you you hit. No, wait, what's the av what's the average? Cool, you do that. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's it's, that's all it is. No, and it just like gets rid of those beautiful crits easily. <laughs> <laughs> wait, does a crit not give you double average? I guess I I would just always oh, give it average. Oh, you'd always give it average. That's evil. I would. That's I, evil. That's the evil no, Fiona coming no, out there. No, <laughs> no. I think you'll find that is the that is the neutral way of doing things. I need That's glasses for this. Episode. Yeah, I've got my glasses on, especially for actually. this episode. <laughs> well, actually, the uh, the other optional rule is called imposing order. So at the end of each long rest that's taken on the plane of Macanus. A visitor who isn't lawful neutral must make a DC 10 wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature's alignment changes to lawful neutral. Well, that happens on other planes in Planescape with the chaos, doesn't it? So I think that's a fair shout as well, to be honest. I think, but this, it is a fair shout, but I think it's because it goes, it's rather than just being changes to chaotic or yeah. changes to good, this one is like lawful neutral. It's like, yeah, yeah like it is a big reset. one. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but just to say, obviously, the, the creature's alignment does revert to normal after one day spent on another plane of the Macanus, yeah. and casting the spell Evil and Good spell on the creature also restores its original alignment. So it it totally makes sense, I guess. Like mm. I, I I think I feel like the Wisdom saving throw is low, but then of course maybe you, you don't. You know, it's funny when what it's what kind the of funny when someone it. becomes yeah the data character. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much a data character from Star Trek, um, mm. but it, and it, I guess it adds for some role play as well. Mm. I, I can, but I, I do like the idea that if everyone fails their role, that they all have to like, well, um, yeah, because then they can't, you know, go. Well, we must report this crime to someone. Well, we normally go and solve it. No, we cannot solve it. We must ask for help. We must get the we must get the proper accreditation before we can we then must, go and solve this. Plan. So t t tell you what, friends, we will go and follow the person. Say you are a criminal over and over again. You have not washed your hands. <laughs> Just follow them out. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> No, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be hilarious if they all did. I like both of those optional rules and I would use them. But yeah. I think I wanted to, on the note of like McCarnas, like I really enjoyed reading this one. Yes. I really enjoyed like the story of it and the mm. sort of places of it. But, mm -hmm. and I said that to you, I said like, oh, I was really enjoying it. But when it came to like thinking about how I would use it is where I sort of like, I weirdly just unlike others didn't, I found that surprisingly didn't find it as exciting yeah. in in a sense, yeah. which I thought was weird because I, I did enjoy all the, the concepts and the sort of like the the places and the mag the mystic mystery the sort of uh, otherness of it. You know the yes. sort of like everything being on these cogs sounds really cool and that, like it would look really cool, but I wasn't then like, yeah, I want to write an adventure for here. Like uh, unlike other places, uh, again, it was well, a bit like that with uh, Arcadia as well. Weirdly, again, enjoyed reading it a lot. Really loved the world building, but wasn't like I need to go here. It. And well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just evil. I don't know. No, no, no. I think you're fair. I think like why would you go to Macanus when Macanus can come to you? Yes. And what I mean by that is yes. the Great Modron March, which yeah. was uh, an adventure book that came out, second edition, uh, written by Monty Cook, which again, we talked about a little bit in the Modron episode we did for DM's Book Club, mm. but this idea that, um, well, in the Planescape book, every 17 years, but in the the Great Modron March adventure book, every like 200 
hundred and something years. Yeah, which oh. I thought was yeah, because I thought that, and when I read it in here, it said seventeen. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure it's longer, but I think I only knew of the, the march from the book that when you said the yeah. two even. Yeah, exactly. So regardless, every mm. cycle of the big cogs in Mechanus want to do one big turn. For some reason, the armies, the Modron armies, go and do a huge big march across all the cosmology wheel all, mm. and visit all the planes. And of course, they don't stop for anything. They're like lemmings, essentially. Mm. They just keep going forward. So that nice Not new town... Yeah. You, that nice new town you just built, I'm so sorry, it's being mulled over by all these Modrons just walking, <laughs> carrying on, because they don't stop for anything. They're following yeah. this certain path, never changing. Um, Bacchus, so I, that was the name of the Arcadia people. <laughs> there we go, there you go. Because that's what it reminds me of, they're like a Bacchus in a sense. Yeah, they're like yeah. an un, yeah, an unfeeling, no, mm. no, no drinking on the job. Yeah, not an extreme <laughs> version of the Bacchus, which is like they have no care and want to oh, like yes. destroy everything. They just they will just keep walking because you're in the way, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just an unending thing. And of course, you know, all the different kinds of Modrons are there. It, and it's great. And in the Great Modron March, I will quickly mention the big sort of adventure hook is that, you know, it, they, it tells you all the planes that the, the Modron army visits in order. So you could easily, if you're going through the planes in general, be like, oh, by the way, there's a there's a march behind you and you look and you're like and it's just you describe the feature so it doesn't have to be something like that's in the foreground it's something like oh by the way you notice there's the last few dregs of a couple of monodromes running to catch up and you're like oh shit it's that it's that march we saw we saw back in our, our Charon mm. oh you know mm. and have that sort of in the background the the big reason I sort of mentioned it is because in the Great Modron March of the Adventure it's happened early. And, and everyone's just cleaning up after the last one. You're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> you see the Modrons carrying on, like, mm. carrying on, and it obviously causing destruction. So that, that could be the thing, is that you have this basically intergalactic police force mm. invading the planes again, and, you know, you're like, well, should we go investigate what's going on? And so that is another reason to go and find that out is, why they've set yeah. up early for that. But I think it's, I think it's more fun to bring that Mechanus out into I other planes. So as well. Modrons right. in battle sounds much more fun than you with Modrons in, in you know, taking... And, like, having a, a rogue Modron or a semi... Like, it's rogue, but it still holds so much of its character mm -hmm. as an NPC, like a part of like yeah. a DMPC. Yeah. Perfect. Want one. You know, like, I want yeah. to have one. <laughs> want one. <laughs> Definitely. And, it, yeah. and that's the thing about it. And, like, and then taking that DMPC to back to, to Mechanus and it involving it, again, great fun. It just... Yeah, I think it's just, like, pandemonium is, like... I want to go there. I want to go to Windglum. I want to meet all these kind of, these kind of kooky characters and these kind of crazy things where you shout into the wind. And I think players would really enjoy that. And mm. I think that I think, but maybe, maybe it's just because I am a chaotic person generally, DM wise. That probably that's probably why I, I lean more to them. And that's probably no, I don't think so. I I I definitely see. I think in Makarnas, as my big things, I I too, I think it's a really interesting thing. I wouldn't base any more than maybe one session there. Yeah. Like, I think the players will go hand in their bounty or get captured by Modrons, mm. have their big sort of trial, etc. And then they have to break out. They're going to have to leave and be barred from Makarnas yeah. in some way. I think it's the little fleeting glimpse because, as we've sort of said, Modrons, you don't know where you stand with them. So yeah. actually going to Makarnas it's probably the worst thing that can happen because you're going to be stuck with all this bureaucracy and paperwork. And let's face it, no adventurer, no matter how chaotic or how lawful they are, 
wants to be stopped doing paperwork. No, I mean no. even I mean even doing a, a, the character sheet is hard enough. Let us know yes. more. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, there you go, Hamilton. We have gone yeah. through the various paperwork mm. and the cogs, and Makarnas continues to slowly tick on as well. And again, in my head, I like the idea that when you are on Makarnas, even though it doesn't say anywhere that there's a like there's like a sound that sort of background white noise of sort of ticking slowly or surely with the cogs moving. Just time. reminds me of my grandparents. Yeah, reminds me of my parents' house because there's a lot of clocks there. <laughs> there's always clocks. Yeah, exactly. There's that's always it. Always clocks. Well, Hamilton, what is the next plane we're visiting? We're saying goodbye to the the Modrons. We've, we've yep. given our paperwork. We've given our license. We can leave. <laughs> we can leave now, can we? <laughs> we can leave now. Where is our next? Where adventure? are we going next? Well, we are going to the splendor of Mount <gasps> Celestia. Ooh. Ooh. That is our lawful good good, so our ultimate good and lawful plane. Um, mm. It is a huge, n- near infinitely tall mountain that has multiple layers as you ascend. Mm. So the layers, unlike a lot of the layers where it's distance or it's like descending, you know, this is a rising. This is ascendancy. Ooh. As in, you know in French that they have, uh, you descend the stairs, but you don't ascend, ascend the stairs, only use the word ascend for when Jesus rose t- to heaven. I think this is kind of the only time in French that you would also be able to use ascend, because it is the a godly ascent upon a, a, a mountain top. Wow, well, je ne sais pas. Yes. Quoi? Encore un fois. And yes, I know I, how exciting. So Mount Celestia, I guess because when we started this podcast, we obviously looked at the abyss, which is the, the infinite layers of chaos. Yeah. And I always imagine, when we, I've said this before, I think right at the beginning, this idea that for me, when I think of layers, I think of cakes, this horrible idea of like an infinite cake of chaos. And now mm. an infinite cake of of goodness and I can just imagine it being even sickly yeah oh yeah you know what I'm just tasting you know when you get those big chunks of icing you know like you go into a cake and you think oh it's gonna have a good balance and it's like Mm. too and it's like well it's like yeah too sweet frangipan muck yes yeah so but anyway we are gonna meet cool dragon we're gonna meet a cool dragon, so wow. well there then you go. That, that'll take that'll take the sweetness off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Then, so. Well, that sounds really exciting. I honestly can't wait to well traverse or ascend Mount Celestia. But until then, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and catch up on all the previous episodes and VODs of this show and our sibling show, the DMs Book Club. I'm sure there will be some links popping up at the end here. And until next time, uh, make sure you follow all the laws and Mm. see you on the flip side. See you on the flip side. (laughs) Bye! Bye.